Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 413. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Sean Brown, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440, Orders Nation, uh, YouTube and Facebook. And uh, a busy, busy day in the show today, man. Jam-packed. I'm loving it. Uh, flying by. We got uh, Dave McCarthy coming up uh, momentarily. Struddy will be next as uh, we're going to get uh, in the room brought to you by next gen transportation heavy haul transport provider and a big supporter of uh, local athletes and even aspiring olympians as they are sponsoring uh, Devo McCune in his quest to be an olympian in the bobsleigh nextgentransportation.com uh, from Sirius XM Dave McCarthy joins us Davey how you doing my man Good. Uh, I'm about to jump on the queue right after we finish here. So if I'm able to be on the queue in January, it's a good day here in my part of Etobicoke. Put it that way. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the queue? Well, like the QE2? What are you talking about? What's the queue? Oh, no, no, the barbecue. The barbecue. Oh, the barbecue. All right. That guy's like, what? What are you talking about? That icy down there? Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. I'm not going to reference random highways. Yeah, well, I was, I was kind of curious. Uh, I missed I miss the, miss the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. See, we got the BBQ. I didn't know the Q, so yeah. that's not bad. No, I like it. My buddies it. and I, we've shortened it. To shortened just it. Just the Q. Just the Q. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, coming over, I got a Q going. All right. Okay, there now I know. Um, the, the, well, hey, well, I guess people will be uh, queuing outside uh, as the uh, uh, the NHL set to invade in Toronto for the, uh, I like to call it the very good game, although I will say it's the all-star skills competition because that's the true star. So I'm going to ask you, Dave, you see the 12 competitors. Who do you like? Who do you think wins? It's tough. It's funny. I've asked this question to a lot of the guys that are partaking in this competition, and I, I've gotten a wide range of different answers. I asked uh, Kyle Connor last week. He picked Jack Hughes, so tough tough on Kyle Connor. Jack Hughes out of the competition. Um, I talked to Morgan Riley. He said he hasn't decided which of Matthews or Nylander he's throwing his support behind. He said, in fact, my support's over on the highest bidder. So I'm not doing this for free here. Um, I, I talked to Elias Samsonov. He said, I like Matthews for the shooting drills. I like Nylander for the, the skating drills and the passing drills. Like it's, it's really interesting because it's going to create um, – they, they've managed to build in competition to this event. So rather than just, you know, five guys do one event and then they, they disappear and then another five guys come in cold and do, you're, you're actually going to get um, a real a real cross-section of events that each guy is going to participate in. And I think we're really going to truly get at um, what will be a relatively meaningful title of 
the most skilled player in the league because it's testing guys in a variety of different skills. Uh, you know, you can't just be a one-timer guy or a harder shot guy. Can Is your skating up to par? Is your, your passing up to par? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, this shapes out because I think there is going to be a lot of competition between the guys. I think it's going to matter, um, especially the first time, the first win uh, of this title uh, to take it home. And I think when when you get the best players in the world together, as they have, for this competition, 12 guys, and you put them through the ringer and and you start to see guys accumulating points and and closing in on that title. I think it's only going to make it even more intense as the competition goes on. So, you know, who do I pick? Uh, You know what? I'm actually going to go with a D on this one. I think Kale McCarr is going to be my pick because the guy's got an absolute howitzer. He can one-time the puck. He's accurate. He can always get the puck through from the point. He's fast as all get-out. Um, he can pass the puck incredibly well. Um, I think he's got a really, really wide range of skills. Um, so I'm going to go with Kale McCarr. He's going to be my pick. Dave, how how important do you think it is that the NHL has to maybe try and find something that gets a little bit of traction? To me, it seems like you know each year it's like, hey, how can we find this interesting? What can we do different? You know, do you feel like the NHL is you know is this it? Do you think this could be the solution to kind of find? you know, a way to kind of attract the fans and make it competitive and, and, and something to kind of dig their teeth in? I do, certainly when it comes to the skills competition. Everybody that I've talked to, whether it be players, managers, coaches, fans, my buddies, they're all interested in the skills competition because, because there's something on the line. Right? It's not, okay, that's nice, so-and-so's the fastest skater. And then so-and-so's, like, I want to see each of the guys limit the the field as they've done and put them through all of the events. I think that's way better than just doing six individual events. So I think they've really, really found something here. they've, They've touched on something. Now, we'll see how it plays out. But, I, you know, you know how people are these days, right? Like, generally it's impossible to get anybody to look favorably on something. Everybody moans and bitches and whines and complains, even before most events. I haven't heard many of those people, so I, I really do think they've they've found something here. They've hit on something here. Um, in terms of the game, though, guys, like I, I've spent time thinking... I just don't know how they can <laughs> how they can salvage the game to a point where um, it's going to be really really intriguing because you just can't play real hockey um, in a setting like this. You don't want guys getting hurt. That would be a disaster, right? If if Kale McCarr comes home and any any he, you know he, he's, he's sprained his knee or whatever, he's out. nobody wants to see that. So how you salvage the game? I don't really know, but but I think in terms of the skills, the the injury uh, risk is is very low. You can get hurt doing anything, but I think the the injury risk is very low, and they built in competition that I do think will really um, gravitate a lot of eyeballs to this event. Uh, there'll there'll be lots of people in the hockey world around there, Dave, and uh, when the you come out of the uh, this and we're we're basically thirty days from the all star from the uh, trade deadline, which is uh, right. which is fantastic. And you know what? There's there's lots of teams in the mix. Uh, I think there's lots of teams that would love to upgrade their blue line. I'm not sure there's enough blue liners out there for for people to upgrade. You know, I think right now 
uh, the, the one guy who I think because of 45 good games, all of a sudden people are ranking Sean Walker like he's the second coming of Christ. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Like it's 45 games and he's 5'11". He's not Kale McCarr. He's not Quinn no. Hughes, right? So, um, you know, in but he's tr- healthy. Yeah. That's the thing. He hasn't been in two and a half, three years. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, uh, I would say... Everybody knows Toronto needs defense. That's obvious. Um, you know, there, there's the Tanev connection because his GM, they know him. He, you know, he's a pure defender, right? Which is mm-hmm. what Toronto doesn't need anybody. Like, sure, it helps. Tanev can move the puck all right, but he's a pure defender. Like, how patient can they be in Toronto? And, you know, like, are we, are we going to expect to trade right out of this, uh, this break, Dave? Well, what are you hearing? What are you seeing when you look at that roster? Like, they keep winning. I give them credit. But everybody knows what their weakness is. And if they wait too long, what if they miss out? And all of a sudden, someone else like, you know, Edmonton, Vancouver, go down the list of other teams looking for blue liners, and suddenly they miss out. Like, how how urgent do you think it is in Toronto? Well, it's urgent if they want to go anywhere in the playoffs, right? You look at the blue line that they have right now, and if the goal is to win a Stanley Cup and they do nothing – I don't see how that goal is going to be accomplished. That's just not a, a blue line that's capable of going on a deep run. Um, I don't really have a reading, though, on Brad Trailing. I mean, Kyle Dubas, when he was the manager here, he did seem to strike fairly early and without uh, much in the in the way of expectation. In other words, nobody really had an idea anything was coming down the line, and then boom, there's Jake Muzzin uh, coming in. It was, you know, this a uh, couple of days ago, or whatever it was, five years ago, he made that deal. Um, Ryan O'Reilly, same thing last year. It was very early on in the, uh, in the, in the, like, you know, it was well before the trade deadline is what I'm trying to say. So, look, I mean, I, I think the Leafs are looking uh, heavily at upgrading their blue line. I think they have done so since the beginning of the year when they went through a rash of injuries. Now, what those rash of injuries told Brad Trailing was, was a number of things. Uh, one, uh, they don't need to go out and acquire depth and waste assets on on six, seven, eight guys. Um, Simon Benoit has been a real find. Like, he's played well. Um, William Laguson has been more than effective when they've needed to call on him. Um, so, so they're fine in terms of depth. They need to take what assets they have and, and try to bring in a bigger fish. Now, uh, obviously, cap space is always a concern in Toronto. Will that include moving a guy of consequence out on the back end, somebody that makes some money, be it a TJ Brody, be it a Jake McCabe? You know, I, ideally, no. You'd like to bring in someone and push someone else down the lineup, but they're tight right now. So it, it may include moving some money around, but I do think that before the trade deadline, they will upgrade on the back end because I, I do think they like the way they've, they've played over the last week. Um, you know, I think the Leafs have kind of teetered throughout the season on, you can tell there's something there in their game when they play to the level that that the, the the management group, not just me, the management group feels that they're capable of playing to, they just haven't been able to do it consistently enough periods of time, but not consistently. And and what's going to be really interesting to see is now coming out of the 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 All Star break, like the Leafs need to go on a run where they're like you know eight one and one in their ten games out of the All Star break to really put um, put put any considerations of not being a buyer to rest if they do that 
then one, the team will have essentially asked the manager for help. Um, and then I think they're going to be in a position to do so. So the first 10 games will be important, but I do think provided it goes well, I think there there will be an upgrade to some extent on the back end because I think they understand they have to if they want to win. Dave, I was curious to get your thoughts on a player like Zach Parisi who gets picked up by Colorado. He's obviously getting a little bit older. I think he's 39 now, um, you know, missing training camp, missing the bulk of the season. You know, what's a realistic expectation of a guy that's, you know, coming in, you know, basically at a little bit of a disadvantage? Yeah, I think the expectations have really got to be tempered. Um, I think you look at him right now as it's an experiment. Um, Colorado's in a good enough place the standings where they can afford to bring a guy in, experiment a little bit with the lineup, um, see if he is able to to play a role. And if so, then his play will tell you um, uh, what they can expect out of him. Uh, if it doesn't work out, you've spent nothing other than than a few hundred thousand bucks and and it's a problem that's that's easily made to go away and then you get an idea that okay well maybe that's a role that we'll need to address prior to the deadline but we've we've got time now we've got three weeks we've got you know nine or ten games to see uh, what zach can what what zach can offer and I, I think colorado is a team that could use a little bit of depth up front if he's able to provide that then they can go look elsewhere um when it comes to to filling other holes and and in a guy like Zach, they they they've potentially filled a hole without having to to give up any kind of assets. So that's how I look at it. Just keep the expectations under control. Um, they're not going to ask him to, to to play heavy minutes or take on a significant role. They're going to give him a clearly defined role. Jared Bednar is really good at, at clearly defining what he wants a guy to do. Do that only that. And if you can do that, then we're going to be in good shape. So so I think that's how I see it with Zach. It's a it's a low risk high reward type signing and you know at this point if you're Colorado why wouldn't you go down that road and if you're Zach Parise if you're going to come back you're going to do it with a team that has a chance to 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 do something special in the spring and I think Colorado is certainly one of those teams uh, Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, man, the West right now is clearly uh, t- more top-heavy than the East. I don't think there's any debate uh, about that. One last one, Dave, the uh, Metro Division when we come out. You have uh, Carolina's really closed the gap, and they're right on the heels of the Rangers who are struggling. Philly's lost five in a row. You got the Islanders who made the coaching change. You got the Penguins who have games in hand. You got the Capitals who just seem to be slowly uh, eroding because they can't score. And then you got the yeah. injury-riddled New Jersey Devils. Who do you like for third place in the Metro? And does it matter, do you think? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it matters to whatever market gets in because, you know, a lot of those markets you mentioned, it matters for them to get into the playoffs, um, to sell some tickets, to renew subscriptions. It, it does matter. Uh, I, I will I will agree with you. I don't think Washington's going to be that team. They, they've hung on um, longer than I thought they, they would have. Uh, but I just don't see them being able to sustain. And incidentally, Alex Ovechkin, he got on a private bird, went to Dubai right after the game on Saturday. I'd like to know how his his first week of game is going to be when he's back. You want to talk about time change? Like, holy cow. Um, so he's going to be up against it. Um, Philadelphia's... I like them, but man, losing Carter Hart now is going to be an issue for them on the ice because they don't really have another option beyond Samuel Erson, who's played quite well. But, you know, it's Samuel Erson. How, how, 
the fact that he's played this well um, to me is a bit of a surprise at this point. If they're going to run him into the ground, they're going to have a real, real tough time unless they go out and get a goalie. But like realistically, where are they? Do you, does it make sense to go out and waste assets on a, you know, older veteran guy? I, I, probably not, right? So I, I don't see Philadelphia. The Islanders haven't really got that new coach pump. They're going to play the Leafs in their first game back next Monday. Uh, they've already lost three in a row, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think the Devils, I said it on Twitter on Saturday, that I think the Devils are going to be the ones that make a playoffs. And my goodness, did that take off? Like, I didn't think I tweeted it on a whim. I guess I got to watch what I say, but it's still carrying on because now I got Devils fans arguing amongst themselves within the tweet. And it's like, can you untag me? But anyway, I think my point being is that when they get healthy, Jack Hughes, get him back in the lineup, that'll change the look of their team. Um, I think they've got the ability, like Timo Myers really underperformed this year. I think there's, there's room for him to get better in the second half. Um, I think that team has the chance uh, out of all of the ones that we've mentioned to put together a run where they go 8 of 10, 10 of 14, that type of thing. And I think it's a snail's race right now in that Metro division for that third spot. I think the Devils can be the team that gets the hottest of all of the teams that we talked about. Davey, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. See you, boys. It's uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. Uh, we'll return. It's uh, Strud's on next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 4.30 on a lovely Tuesday. How are you, Jason Greger? Sean Brown, Connor Halley on a great Tuesday. Show's flying right by, man. We still got uh, spec coming up after uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, also, uh, DVD will uh, join us. We've got five questions. Man, there's lots and lots to discuss. Uh, two games in the National Hockey League tonight. Uh, light uh, schedule, two tonight, uh, three tomorrow. Uh, of course, the orders are none of them. They don't play again until uh, a week today when they will be in Vegas to tie the NHL record potentially for 17 consecutive wins. Ooh, but the games tonight do kind of matter as it's uh, wild cards. Uh, St. Louis and Seattle are both playing. Seattle's in San Jose. St. Louis hosts Columbus. Uh, you would think both those teams could win tonight, but you never know. Let's get to Strud's On, brought to you by Action Electrical. And hey, we tell you, take action, man. You could you get a free $5,600 if you're looking to put solar on your residence, but that ends at the end of February. So you got a month left. Don't hesitate. If you're thinking about doing it, do it now. Go to actionelectrical.net, and they'll help you out. The Jason Greger Show presents Strud's On. It's a memory. That's what you remember, memories. Uh, there's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Strud's On. Jason Strudwick, uh, co-host of uh, the Got Your Back uh, podcast, former NHLer, uh, runner-up for the uh, Battle of the Blades, uh, also a runner-up in a race against Sean Brown, uh, joins us now. Struddy, how you doing? What race? What are we racing to? What's going on here, Brownie? I don't know where you came up with this. Well, one, let's right? be real. If you race Sean Brown, we know who's winning. Who? You. Me. In yeah. a hockey? Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Probably Brownie. Uh, I appreciate Probably. It. Yeah. Yeah, no. Brown, uh, no offense, Roddy. Like, you're a pretty good skater. But Brownie's like an elite skater. He was uh, an that's elite fair. skater. So. That's fair. I'll give you that one. No doubt. He was a good. He's quick, very smooth. Still yeah. looks good out there. Yeah, right? I haven't seen Struddy at the alumni skates. Where have you been uh, hiding? He's retired. 
I don't I don't enjoy playing anymore, and I, I don't know what the problem is. Like I I enjoy you know I love the before and the after. Like that yeah. is it. But then unfortunately there's a middle part where I actually have to play, and uh, I don't like I'll do it for charity and stuff. But I don't know to wheel and deal and pull down four or five points against the other alumni. It just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I actually you know what I I agree with you for I. I enjoy kind of going there and seeing everyone. I enjoy bringing someone with me and, you know, seeing the excitement and the uh, enthusiasm that they have. Other, Yeah, but as far as actually playing the game, I have no desire to play the game. I, I feel like, hey, man, if you want that puck, <laughs> go get it. It's yours. <laughs> if you want to outwork me, go at it. <laughs> the only guy, you know what, the, when I do play, you know who I love playing with and is uh, Kevin Carius because he's perfect. Carius because he stays back. He's like the perfect men's league guy. Because oh yeah, he doesn't cross center. He doesn't cry. There's, he's always back there, yeah. right? Because I'm not stopping. I'm not working to get back. So having him on your team is a good thing. But he's too slow. He can't skate. Like he, it's not that he's stayed back there. He is there. He can't move up the ice. The flow of play. Uh, that is true. He's slowed down a little bit in his uh, in his, uh, his later years, for sure. Um, Struddy, there's uh, there's lots to discuss around the. The first of all, I want to ask you as a, as a guy who, of course, um, you know, you you were in a in a big competition, a solo competition, and I, I'm sure you'll find ways to compare the Battle of the Blades to the Skills competition. Uh, who do you like amongst the twelve? Oh man, I, you know what i I would be so nervous going into that. No, obviously, I didn't have the the array of skills that was required for that type of thing. But I, I'm going to go with Connor. I, I really think that he's the type of guy that it will be like, okay, like, yeah, I'm not winning the scoring competition here this year. And, and it doesn't sound like he's really worried about that, but just to show everyone say, Hey, I'm still the best. I'm going to win this thing, pull it down. Then knowing him, he'd probably give it to the, you know, the, the trainers of the team or whatever, his teammates, whatever, right. That's the kind of guy he is. Looking uh, at the order, Struddy, um, we saw, and it's only one game, that I would say like their full lineup last game, right? Corey Perry's in the lineup, Dylan Hallway's in the lineup, all their defense from their lineup, Stuart Skinner's starting. Um, where, where do you see, a, like if you were the GM and you could make a, a trade that's, that's reasonable, like that's plausible, I should say, is there a position you'd look to upgrade? Well, yeah, I mean, they look pretty good. And I think with Perry, you knew what you're getting. You know that he's not the fastest skater. And with all due respect, he's never been a lightning burner. So now you know what he is, but he's very smart and, and can get, get around the ice pretty well. But I, you know, I think the easy answer would be a, a D-man. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you're going to upgrade CC without paying a ton. So, you know, another D-man for depth. And then you have that player in Broberg. But I'm still looking at that middle six. And it's not to say that I want to push someone out of that the second line, but I want to have the ability to have a different look in that group if I want. Because if there's an injury, um, and, and let's say one of the second line players goes out, I will call that Leon Drysaddle's line. Who moves up to that spot? And then who moves up to the third line? And then who comes in the fourth line? That's why I want to, I want to have someone in that middle, second or third line can float around in there and play all three positions, if not for sure, center and, and maybe left wing or whatever. But that's that's going to keep coming back to him. I know you're going to hate hearing it, Griggs. Adam Henrique is still the guy I'm advocating for. I know the money is going to be difficult, 
But to me, he just fits in so well. He's having a great offensive year. Not that he needs a ton of that, but I feel like he can move around that middle six and contribute. So I'm, I'm looking to beef up that middle tier of players. Stretty, with the All-Star game coming up, um, you know, what is it? I don't know if you're going to watch it, but if you, if you did watch it or if you're not going to watch it, what would it take for you to watch it? Do you find, you know, the setup exciting to you? Uh, what, do you what are your thoughts on the All-Star game? The All-Star Game itself has presents zero interest for me. But the, the skills competition, I am interested in that, just to see what it looks like. And I know my kids are into it. So we'll sit down, you know, as a family, gather around, uh, you know, have uh, some popcorn out and a couple of Dr. Dew Slurpees, and we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a good time and watch it. Like, it's, that to me is intriguing. But, you know, the All-Star Game, it's, I, think, I think it's for really hardcore fans and kids. That's what, and, the, and the local that the city that's hosting it so when it comes to Hampton you believe it I'll be there I want to go watch I want to see it but to watch three on three and guys wheeling around and not really trying and probably a little bit hungover it doesn't really do it for me I can go to River Cree and see that on a I guess Sunday morning of, of hockey so it doesn't do it for me but the skills competition oh I'm in count me in Oh God, yeah! This year more than ever, I think it's it's. Yeah. I think it's must-watch TV, and regardless of the money on the line, the money on line, whatever. But to me, it's more. You've got twelve of the best players in the league. Definitely, you know, I, I would say a real strong argument. You've probably got eight of the top ten best offensive players in the league in this competition, and it's you don't you don't really know who's going to win, right? It's one day event, but that's what makes it exciting. Right? Like, and, and whoever wins, it doesn't mean that they're clearly the best player. It just means that, you know, we're going to see their skills on display. And, you know, there's some guys who can be sharpshooter strutty, but you all of a sudden get in there. And I've talked to players when you get in to shoot the, uh, um, you know, the, the, uh, the four, co- the four corners. And all of a sudden you're up there and you miss one and you're like, Oh God. Right. And then all of a you maybe just overthink it. And now you've missed twice and now you're done where you, you could try that a hundred times in practice and never miss one. Right. Like that, that's what to me is going to make it exciting. Well, it's first shot, and I, like I'm not comparing myself to those guys, but I did the sharpshooter a couple times, and I think I was four for five, two, two different times. But you don't want to know why? I hit the first shot, boom, and also you're like, holy jeez, I can actually do this. And then you hit the second shot, you're feeling good about yourself. But if you miss that first shot, then you miss the second one, it just unravels. And I think that happened to Leon. I don't know if that was in the team competition or or at the. Um, at the NHL one, but it just you just unravels you. It's like the first shot of golf. You get off a of tee in the first hole, you're feeling pretty good for four or five holes, but you take a, a triple in the first hole, you're looking for that beer cart right away. <laughs> Stratty, does uh, you know watching Dylan Holloway? I, um, you know since he's been called up from the minors, there um, he looks great to me. I mean, he's skating well, he's competing, uh, he's got a ton of skill. But what impressed me most about him is just his grit and his determination to try and add something to his game to continue to stay in the lineup, possibly you know move up a line or two. With that, do you think he's kind of putting himself in a situation where maybe he can move off, maybe a veteran player? Well, you know, for for a while now, we've been thinking of the idea of what Dylan Holloway is. We knew he could skate. He's got a good shot. Um, but when you play that, that, that big and you're fast, you have to add a bit of physicality to your game. It helps your line mates, but also creates space for yourself. And I can tell you, and, and Brown, you know, as a D-man, I look up who I'm playing against, the three, three players, I'm like, okay, they might dangle me, but they're not going to hit me. But now with Holloway on, on a line, uh, and I guess specifically beside Corey Perry, you know that this is going to be not the you know the, not only might they have some good skill, they're, they're also going to they're also going to make sure that they they can finish some checks on you. So 
So for him, it's just adding to his repertoire. So he's had a couple of good games, and, and he's getting closer to the, the idea of what I had him, for him in my head, which is really exciting. I can't wait to see what it looks like a year from now. But right now, they need him to put pressure on those guys. So is he that much better than Fogel? I think he can make more plays than Fogel. I don't know if that's going to happen, though, right now, and it may. Um, but, you know, the way it's stacked up right now, I'm not in a hurry to move him up the lineup because everyone seems to be slotted in the right place. Um, but make no mistake, if you're gonna, whoever's with Drysdale, you have to have at least one burner with him. I think he likes and, and, and wants that speed on his line. So, you know, you couldn't move a slower player beside him with Kane. It has to be someone with speed. That's why I think Fogel or, or, um, or Holloway makes sense, Brownie. You, got, you guys don't think Kane's a good skater? I like uh, yeah. Well, I, like, he, I think he gets Kane's pretty fast. Yeah, I, it, Kane's going to be oh, definitely but, on your top two lines, and because of his physicality and the way you know you look at you know Cassian in the playoffs, I I, I see you know the similarities with Kane too. He's Kane's, be in your Kane's face. way better finisher. No oh, question. absolutely, yeah. yeah. I guess how how often in the last month have you seen him really sprint and really get in there on that board check? And, and maybe there's an injury. I, I don't know what it is, but I think he has another gear to to hit. To do that, and it is hard to do it every night. Being physical is hard to do. Trust me, we Brownie and you both we both know it. Yeah. But I think that he's he hasn't been skating like we saw you know early in the year or even in past seasons. So he'll get there, but it isn't there right now. Yeah, he's a little bit spotty. I would agree with you when he was on the third line. But I think you know he's a player coming down the stretch here where you know, I think he's going to play a big role with you know playing against the big teams, the heavy teams. He's going to be a guy that's going to be relied on to kind of wear the opposing defenseman down. And he'll feed off Perry. I think he and Perry are going to play off each other. Because you imagine you're playing on the other team at fifty percent of the time, or whatever the math is around that. One of those two guys who are annoying, and that's a, that's a. That's a compliment to those two guys. They are knowing one of them will be on the ice all the time. Then Leon, you know, he's grumpy. If Holloway's hitting, he's, you know, there's another element right there. Uh, so there's three or four guys that are, are not fun to play against for forwards, and Zach Hyman has always got his nose in there. You know, you're starting to get up to, you know, not a, not a half, but you're, you're getting near a third of the players are irritating up front. Then you look in the back end, and we know what Darnell and uh, – Obviously, Vinny do uh, at home in his own way. You know, they, they're starting to get that, that term hard to play against. They're getting to near 50% of their players that I would say deliver that most nights. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Strutty, the, the news, of course, there's the, the five players in, in the NHL, four players in the NHL and Alex Formington um, who are going to be uh, going to, towards London Police uh, turn themselves in. Uh, Rick West had an interesting uh, comment today talking about due to the backlog in the Ontario courts that this case might not be heard until 2026, which is like that's two full years from now. Right. Formington hasn't played in the league since. Um, if you're a believer in, you know, innocent until proven guilty, can the NHL have McLeod and Dubé and uh, uh, and Carter Hart and, and these guys out of the NHL until this case is heard? What do you think they do? Man, I saw that comment today, and I was thinking about that. I, you know, so you, you know, would would they be suspended indefinitely? Is is what you're asking? Um, there's well, right now they're right now they're on like paid leave, right? From what I understand, right? right. And and so. You know, do you, do you keep them off the teams out of the NHL for that long? Um, you know, I don't know. Is there any kind of precedent that, that's been set in, in other other you know in other situations? I, I 
I'm not sure. But I, but I'll say this about the whole situation. I mean, it, it's it's you know right now Hockey Canada is taking a lot of hits. There's no doubt about it. But those players didn't play for Hockey Canada for three years. They were there for a shown amount of time. So I think the, the individual clubs also have to, you know, we have to as 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 leaders, whether you're a coach or a GM, we also have to do a better job of, of talking to our in this case our our players, our male players. But then also the families. I think we also have to stand in there and do a better job of educating our, our kids. Um, you know, I played junior hockey, and you know, I, we didn't have that experience in campus. I never had it. I'm not saying this to say like I'm I'm perfect, but I I, I never had that experience because of the leadership of Don Hay and and and, and Mr. Rob, uh, Bob Brown. It was clear if there was hazing, you were in massive amount of trouble. It was clear, and I I, I look at the hazing situation. Why does this continue to exist? If I was in charge, it'd be very clear. If there is hazing on a CHL team, that coach is gone forever. If a player hazes another player, whether it's, um, you know, you hear all the sexual ones that are happening, which I, I just can't even fathom someone doing that, you are gone from the league. You're, there's no second chance. You're out. You are gone. That was shut it down immediately. Then you start adding in the element of, um, as I mentioned, the layers, not everyone plays for Team Canada, but, you know, the teams educating their players, the parents educating their players. And again, very stern and strict guidelines about what is expected from those players. So I don't have all, I'm not saying it's an easy solution, but I think that I haven't heard anything from Hockey Canada that would address that. They've, they've, added, you know, they've added this thing about, well, players have to wear their underwear in and out of yeah. the arena, which is very difficult to manage. And I think that you know, it may be important to some groups, but that is not a, that's a smaller group of people. We're talking about everyone involved in the sport. So I, I look at it, guys. I, I, we we all need to be part of this solution. And again, I'm not saying it's easy, but the hazing one blows my mind. I can tell you, if I was coaching a Western Hockey League team, and I found out that happened on my team, those players wouldn't be back. Whether I was allowed to do it or not, I can tell you right now, they would not be on my team again. Period, and that'd be it. So I don't know why that's so hard to implement as a group and as a as a as as hockey people, because that would take out a lot of the incidents we have, and it wouldn't eliminate them all, guys. Because society has their own their issues as well. But I think we'd go a long ways to clearing that up. Um, so I'll step off my soapbox, but I, I I feel really strongly about those 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 points. Stradza, wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I think um, too often. Um, people want to uh, to. It's it's like any parent. If you tell your kid, "Here's the the rule," and then the kid breaks it, and you're like, "Well, you know, guess what? Now the kid doesn't respect you. Kids aren't stupid." And so, um, when as an organization or a league, you have to have very strict guidelines, especially on stuff like this. This does not happen. If it happens, you're out. I don't care how good you are, you're out. End of discussion. Right? And it should be a team thing, and it also should be a league thing. So the kid, so Team A can't say, well, guess what? We're getting rid of Jason Greger because uh, he hazed a guy. And then Team B's like, oh, yeah, but he's good, so I'm going to go sign him. No, no, no. they got to have cohesiveness to say, guess what? You're done for this year. And, and you know, we can't change what's happened in the past. And I feel badly because, I, I, you know, I feel guilty because my experience in the West for hockey, and quite frankly through hockey, was incredible. You know, I, I was so fortunate to have good role models, good coaches, all those types of things. So I do feel somewhat guilty that my experience was so good. And there are others who didn't have that experience. And I, I feel badly for them because 
you know, getting the honor of playing junior hockey or college or, you know, you know, if you're able to make it to the NHL, that's an amazing, amazing thing. And you shouldn't have these types of things happen along the way to, to, to stop you from making it there. And I, and I'm really passionate about it. And I, I get that everyone's trying to do their best, but I, I just look at some of these things that we're, that we have to deal with stuff, what happened in the past. There's no doubt, but we also can plan for the future. And let's get a, 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 say, this is the way it is now. This is now the standard that we expect from our players and our coaches, our GMs, our staff. I don't care what your role is around a team. This is the expectation, and we can take it right down to minor hockey. And I, if it starts in junior hockey, to hear that type of stuff, you're coaching a, a tier two Adam team. You can have the same standards. So I, I don't know. I know I'm making it sound way easier than it is, guys, but I, I, I just can't believe that we're still dealing with some hazing in 2024. I, I just it blows my mind that this is still a part of what we're dealing with. Strutty, have a good one. Uh, enjoy sitting in the chair on Thursday. And Friday. Oh, do I have to wear hats or what do I wear? Because I, I know you've, you've been wearing a hat a lot, I noticed. No, I'm, I'm wearing a hat in like over a month in the show. <laughs> he's, down to the, he's down to the wood now. Yeah. Buddy, hair's off. It's great. But it's, it's love. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I look forward to it. I'll talk to you guys on that Thursday. Okay, buddy. Have a good one. That's uh, Jason Strudwick. Uh, he will be uh, hosting with Connor on Thursday and Friday as uh, I am uh, out of the country for a few days. So there you go. And ready. Uh, Connor, Connor just can't wait. Because he wants a new Struds on intro, and uh, he'll get some, <laughs> he'll get some opportunities. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Come back with five questions on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through. Uh, let's go quick to uh, five questions. Brought to you by the Brick. Uh, you can get fifty percent off sofas right now when you get the uh, matching love seat or chair. Plus, get a bonus fifty-eight inch Smart K TV when you purchase a select sofa packages and sectionals. Right, and by the way, that's free delivery. That TV, the Brick and the Brick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one today. The Oilers have 37 games left in their season. True or false? They'll win over 25 and a half of those games. Uh, go ahead, Greger. So 26 and 11. I know they're 24 and 3 right now. It's so like 26 and 11. Come on. But um, I actually went through the, uh, the order's uh, final schedule and um, compared it to everybody in the, in the, well, not everybody, but the top teams in the West. And, and if you look at the Edmonton orders, they have, what, uh, 12 games against bottom 10 teams. Now, you're not going to beat all of them, but if they win nine of those, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. So they're nine and three. And uh, that leaves then 25 games. Uh, the way the orders are playing, um, 26, ooh, they go 14 and 9. Ooh, you know what, Cons? I uh, I think I might lean towards going over just slightly. Though. I could see 26 wins. I think I, I agree with you. I think I didn't look through. I looked through their schedule. I did not definitely didn't look through any other one's schedule, but go read ordersnation.com, Brody. You'll see everything, <laughs> every team out there. It's all even in color coded. So all you'll right. see who the top 10 teams are, the bottom 10 teams, road away. It's a uh, very in depth next time. Um, but you know what? A lot of factors, like I said earlier, I mean, you know, guys got to stay healthy as they come down the stretch here. Do they wind up making a trade, picking someone up? You know, there's a lot of scenarios that could present itself, but you know the way they're playing now, it's almost like, man, it's hard to see them even lose. Question number two: TSN's top twenty-five 
players came out today. McDavid in number two spot with Nathan McKinnon in the number one spot. Uh, do you have any issue with that or anything else on the list? I think it's, you know, you're splitting hairs watching, you know, McDavid is obviously incredible. I've haven't, you know, watched a ton of um, Nathan McKinnon, but when I do watch them, it is nice to watch and, and kind of compare. They're, they're obviously very similar. You know, Nathan McKinnon's probably a lot, you know, a little bit more physical, a little bit of a bull. Um, but, you know, when you, you look at that list there, it's, it's hard to argue, you know, it's hard to argue. It's just, I, I just find you're, they're all so very close. Yeah, it's like, come on. I don't know. Uh, um, you know, it's this year right now, if you want to say Nathan McKinnon's better, he's outscored him for the last calendar year. So right now, today, I can I can see why you would uh, would you make that argument, but it, and and I know Edmonton Oilers fans don't get don't be thin skinned. Who cares? That's that's like does it really matter if he's one or two? That's what I would ask. Right now, Nathan McKinnon's the favorite to win the heart. Kucherov second. They're very close. Right, McDavid is eighteen points behind him. If it was the other way around, you wouldn't be questioning it. So don't question it when it's McDavid. <laughs> Question number three for you guys. The All-Star weekend coming up very quickly. Uh, which era or variation did you like? I'm talking East versus West, uh, Europe versus North America, the three-on-three. Uh, what was your favorite? I'll have to go the the Europe versus North America hmm. for me. Well, I'll just go when I was a kid because that's when I thought it was awesome. And they had the uh, Orange Campbell Conference. So Campbell versus the Wales. So that, I guess, would be my favorite. Like, I... I don't get caught up in the all-star game at all. I'm fine with what it is. It's not competitive. I don't expect it to be competitive. I like the skills, but I'll go back to the uh, Wales versus Campbell simply for the jerseys. Great look. So question number four, Vlad Guerrero Jr. will grace the cover of this show, of course, Major League Baseball's video game. So question for you both. What is your favorite sports video game of all time? It's got to be for me, Blade to Steel. Mm, nice. I'm probably going to go with track and field, the uh, stand-up that used to play at the Odyssey Arcade in Leduc. Because the only, like, the really only console I had as a kid was in television, and it was, you know, we had in television hockey and baseball. I loved the baseball. It was kind of fun. But I'm going to go with the, uh, the track and field one. Remember, you had to go, you just had a hammer on it. Oh, <laughs> my God. It was great. So, yeah, I'll go with track and field. And final question for you guys today. This one comes from the YouTube comment section yesterday. With the Oilers on the bye week and the NHL All-Star weekend coming up, uh, what are you watching to fill the void? Anything you're you're binging right now on Netflix? This one's a tough. I could be setting myself up for a failure here. <laughs> Broke uh, back him out. <laughs> I'll, 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 uh, you know, I, I, hey, take it. This is coming from a guy that's not... I watch sports, obviously. That's all I really watch, yeah, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, the shows, I leave it up to my wife. The one thing that I have been watching lately, and I'm slightly embarrassed, but it is funny, and if you haven't seen or watched an episode, is The Bachelor. That <laughs> I know. Hey, I know. I know. I, honestly, you, like, honestly I, I find it so funny. And it's funny. It reminded me. I, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it was funny when, when I was with... Boston and I was on the road quite often for whatever reason we always seemed to be in the room Don Sweeney and I when that show would come on and we used to watch it and just die laughing and so I don't know I I find it to be one of the funniest shows out there 
Okay. I uh, I can't comment because I don't watch it. Um, but right now, actually, uh, my wife and I, because I never really watched the show beforehand. I'm watching Entourage. Oh, my God. They're... <laughs> Johnny drama Johnny is drama. so funny. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but our Ari Gold is an unbelievable dickwad in that show, man. Oh my god, he's so funny. So I'm watching Entourage right now. That's the uh, that's the show we watched. I think like two or three episodes. We're in, up to season two now, so we've been watching two or three episodes a night. It's They're like 25 minutes, so it's good. Yeah. Cons. What about you? Oh, Entourage is good. So I'm, I'm jealous you get to watch that for the first time. We're watching Louder Milk on Netflix, also Barry on Crave and Silicon Valley, and I dabbled in Succession as well. So there's lots for us to watch. Uh, we won't get it done in this week, but uh, yeah, lots going on. Not The Bachelor. I got to avoid that what, one. Why don't I just embarrass myself again? And we, My wife and I are into Virgin River. Well, that's like that? that little romantic. Yeah. It's like a love one. Yeah, I can see why you're watching that with your wife. That's totally fine. <laughs> and that, like, dude, that one's like a ten compared to The Bachelor. All right. Hey, I just I mean, honestly, if you yeah. have, you got to watch it. It's, see, it's hilarious. No, no, but I tell you, like, <laughs> it, I'm not going to make any promise because I know that. I just say it would take. God, I, I would border on probably betting to grow my hair up again <laughs> than watch The Bachelor. <laughs> And you know how much I hated that. <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't do it. My wife's asked me, and I'm like, honey, that's your thing. You watch it. Great. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm out. There's, I, there's, there's oh, nothing believable about it. There's nothing good. So I just, I'm, I can't do it. I watched it like many years ago. I was like, yeah. God, this is, it's not for me. But I don't get mad at her. She watched it. I'm like, hey, there's probably some shows I watch people don't like. But I just, you could not, I'm like, I'll go shovel snow. Yeah. I'll do whatever. I don't want to watch The Bachelor. I can't do it. You know what? It just so happened to be on, and I was sitting now there, in. and now, now I was just like, in. I'm like, Wendy, like, I'm, I'm like, can you believe they're actually doing this oh, and the yeah. things they're saying? Oh, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's classic. It brings you back to your young days in uh, minor in, uh, <laughs> pro hockey. But, uh, I had a few teammates that would say stuff like that, uh, for sure. Brownie, have yourself a good week. We will chat with you next Tuesday. Enjoy your uh, holiday. I will. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Booster Juice. And hey, starting on Thursday at Booster Juice, be sure to go online because uh, get load the, download the app right now because every day they will have one name, a boy name and a girl name. And if that's your name, you can go to any Booster Juice, get a free smoothie. Oof. Pretty sweet deal starting February 1st only at Booster Juice.